From CPRI and the CPRI Knowledge Hub, this is Research Minutes, a weekly look at new and important research in education. Today, we look at summer learning loss and a new study examining its cumulative impacts on students throughout elementary school. We see students that appear to lose nearly all of the gains they'd made throughout the entire preceding school year. We welcome study co-author and University of Colorado Boulder researcher, Allison Atterbury. Atterbury discusses her team's findings. Even if you could get rid of all of the inequality in school year learning rates, students would still end up with very different achievement by the end of eighth grade just due to summer learning loss alone. And some important implications for districts and schools in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic. What we would anticipate is that teachers will encounter even greater variability than usual in students jumping off points when they return in fall 2020. That's right now on Research Minutes. Hello and welcome to Research Minutes. I'm Keithy Muller, Managing Editor of the CPRI Knowledge Hub. Uh, and today we're speaking with Allison Atterbury, Assistant Professor with University of Colorado Boulder School of Education. Welcome back to the podcast, Allison. Thanks for having me. Um, so today we're discussing your new study, which was co-authored with the RAND Corporation's Andrew McCacken, titled Schools Out, the Role of Summers in Understanding Achievement Disparities. Um, it was just published in the American Educational Research Journal, and it offers a new and extremely timely look at the so-called summer slide in which students lose ground academically when school is not in session. Uh, it's a subject that's been extensively studied, but in recent years, it's also become a source of some debate among members of the research community. Could you just give us a, a bit of a primer on what we knew about summer learning loss prior to your work here and what led you to conduct this study? Sure. So you're so right that summer learning loss has been studied for decades. And I think many researchers and policymakers likely think of it as a topic that's been laid to rest. But recently, there was this field shaking research by Paul von Hippel and his colleagues that actually called into question some of the long standing summer learning loss findings. For instance, von Hippel and Caitlin Hamrock showed in one paper just how sensitive findings about students learning over time can be. They used some test scores from kids in order to figure out how much the achievement gap between poor and non-poor children grows from first to eighth grade. And they showed that if you scale the test one way, it appears that that gap widens by over 350% between first and eighth grade. But those same scores, when they scaled them a different way that they argued was preferable, it instead showed that that same gap actually shrinks by about 25%. So you can see that that's a total reversal in the answer to that question. And so their work has raised some really troubling questions about the robustness of what we thought we knew about summer learning loss based on these kinds of measurement artifacts. And so our study is among a new wave of summer learning loss research to revisit the foundational knowledge about this field. But I will also say that uh, in doing this research myself, I've been surprised to discover just how little consensus actually ever existed across prior summer learning loss studies. And so I can give you a couple of examples of seemingly basic questions that either have had totally mixed results or just are rarely addressed in this literature. And so for one, do students on average actually lose ground during the summer? 
So past summer learning loss studies have not reached consensus even on the direction of typical summer learning patterns. Some studies have found losses, but other studies have found more of a summer learning stagnation. And others still, they actually see a positive mean summer learning rate, but it's just a slowdown from what was happening during the school year. And so in our study, we actually find mean losses, which is new. Um, here's another good example. Uh, very few studies actually address the question of whether summers or school years contribute more to where students end up in the later achievement distribution. So my co-author Andrew and I have really come to also appreciate that nearly all of the prior summer learning loss work focused on how summers contribute to racial, ethnic, and socioeconomic gaps. And I think it sometimes goes unnoticed that these demographic factors altogether can only account for about 1% to 4% of the variance in summer learning rates. And of course, these gaps deserve our attention, but I think that a sole focus on these gaps alone has missed some important big picture questions about the summer learning loss landscape. And that's what we do in our study. We zoom out to explore the full spread of summer learning loss experiences and examine how differential summer learning loss contributes to where students end up in the achievement distribution by eighth grade. So tell us a little bit about how you tried to do that. Um, I understand you worked from a massive database on this study, which was created by NWEA, and it contains more than 200 million test scores for nearly 18 million students across the U.S. Is that right? Yes. Uh, NWEA is actually a testing company that provides diagnostic benchmark assessments to schools and districts. So they test in the fall, winter, and spring to help track how students are performing throughout the school year. And actually, there are very few standardized testing systems that test students more than once a year. And of course, if you only have one score for each student per year, you can't separate annual test score changes uh, that are occurring while school is in session versus during the summer. And so we saw an opportunity to work with NWEA and to utilize those fall and spring test scores to indeed separate these two time periods, school year versus summer. And moreover, those 18 million students are spread across 7,500 districts and all 50 states. So that's really exciting as well. And in fact, just the use of NWEA scores in and of itself represents a really timely contribution to this field because these test scores actually have some of the properties that Von Hippel and Hamrock argue are more appropriate for these kinds of analyses. So this study was published at a time where so many people across the country are now suddenly very concerned about summer learning loss. And we'll get to some of those broader implications in a moment, but I just want to start with your findings if we can. So among many other findings in this paper, you learned that between grades one and six, more than half of the students in your study experienced learning loss every summer. So every summer for five consecutive years, they lost a significant portion of their academic gains from one school year to the next. Am I reading that right? Yes, that's exactly what we find. And it's important to point out that that's more than twice as many students than one would expect just by chance. And of course, these consecutive losses then accumulate and add up to this sizable impact on where students end up in the achievement distribution. And in that five-year period, the average student in that group ultimately loses nearly 40% of their total school year gains during these intervening summers. 
So our findings really suggest that these negative summer decrements, they're not randomly distributed. They tend to accumulate to the same students over time. And another one of your findings, which shocked me when I read it, uh, concerns the variability of summer learning loss from one student to the next. You found that some students can actually make gains during the summer, while others can lose nearly 90% of what they learned over the same time period. Can you expand on that a little bit? This is the biggest takeaway for me, too. For reasons we don't totally understand, some students on the one hand, are actually maintaining their school year achievement growth rate throughout the summer. That is, they're continuing to make similar growth even beyond when the school year ends. But on the other end of the spectrum, we see students that appear to lose nearly all of the gains they'd made throughout the entire preceding school year. And that's, that's just very different from what we see during the school year. You know, yes, there is variability during the school year in how much students gain, but almost all students are at least moving in a positive direction, an upward direction, and that's just not the case for the summers. And in fact, we even show in our paper that even if you could get rid of all of the inequality in school year learning rates, if that could entirely be eliminated, students would still end up with very different achievement by the end of eighth grade just due to summer learning loss alone. And so these findings suggest that the achievement disparities that we're seeing in the world might be growing primarily during the summer rather than when the school is in session. And did you give any thought to what might be contributing to that level of learning loss or to these chasmic disparities between students? Well, I think that's the question. In some sense, I think we've reached a precipice on summer learning loss research. It seems clear that summers play a key role in outcome inequality and that the range of student summer learning experiences is quite sizable. And we do know from prior research that this variability may fall partly along racial and socioeconomic lines, you know, with students from historically underserved groups uh, losing more ground during the summers. But we really don't know much about why. So there's this really nice summer learning loss study by David Berkham and his colleagues and the authors tried to account for as much of the variation as possible in summer learning patterns, and they used parent surveys of children's home and summer activities in conjunction with student gender, race and ethnicity, and socioeconomic demographics. And so that's basically all of the first-order candidates in my mind for explaining why there's such variability in learning rates over the summer. But with all of that taken together, the most they could explain is about 13% of the variance in summer learning rates, at least in the summer after kindergarten, which is the summer that they study. So I think we need to find a way to reconcile the fact that summer learning differs really dramatically from child to child. But to date, we only have really limited insight into what accounts for most of that variation. Certainly an, an opportunity for future exploration. We'll talk about that in a bit. But um, I want to get to the to the big question that we have, because I'm sure that when you first began working on this project, you had no idea that it would be published at a time when policymakers, educators, and school leaders across the U.S. would suddenly be very, very interested in research on summer learning loss. But, you know, here we are. Um, and this new climate where students have spent so much time outside of the classroom as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. What do you think the implications of this work might be? 
Yes, our work on summer learning loss has become unexpectedly timely. At this moment, you know, school buildings across the world were closed by the COVID-19 pandemic. And in the U.S., at least, many children have physically not attended school since early March. And so you can liken this potentially to a, the period we're in now as an unusually long summer. And our results show that achievement disparities disproportionately widen during summer periods. So presumably this longer summer would allow this to happen to an even greater extent than usual. I would say also teachers nationwide are really starting to wonder just how different their classes will be this coming fall. And I will say, given how in flux the COVID-19 pandemic continues to be, it really feels nearly impossible to me to answer that question. But to the extent that summer learning loss plays a larger than usual role this year, what we would anticipate is that teachers will encounter even greater variability than usual in students jumping off points when they return in fall 2020. I mentioned uh, at the beginning of the episode that research into summer learning loss had become a source of some debate in recent years, and you, you gave a pretty good explanation of how that happened. But I, I do want to applaud your team because you've certainly contributed to our knowledge base of summer learning loss with the study. But it sounds like there's more to learn. Um, so do you think there are opportunities now, um, particularly in the wake of the pandemic, for future research in this area? Sure. As I mentioned earlier, I think that we still have a lot of work to do to figure out exactly what's going on during the summer that explains why some kids are continuing to grow in their achievement while some other kids are basically losing almost all of what they had gained. So that's one major area. And another thing I'd like to highlight is just how important and really thorny the issue of test score measurement and scaling practices are in this kind of research. I think that that's kind of a boring answer, but I think it's probably the most important next question. And I will say that working alongside researchers here at CU, like Derek Briggs and Lori Shepard, has made me appreciate this fact more than ever. Uh, so that's another direction that I think we sorely need. And then I guess with respect to the COVID pandemic, I think I'd say this, you know, in some ways, I think the COVID crisis can seem like something that we are all experiencing equally and together, but research is starting to disabuse us of that relatively naive notion. I think it's now clear that the crisis will hit some families much harder than others in ways that probably only reify pre-existing deeply entrenched systemic inequalities. And some of the ways that this will happen are more obvious than others. For instance, the impact of being laid off. But I would say that summer learning loss is just one more example of how this crisis will likely exacerbate outcome inequality. Well, once again, I just want to say that this is incredible work, as always, Allison. And we want to encourage our listeners to go read the full article. Again, it's titled Schools Out, The Role of Summers in Understanding Achievement Disparities. And it was recently published in the American Educational Research Journal. Allison Atterbury, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this week's Research Minutes, presented by the CPRI Knowledge Hub. For more episodes or to subscribe to the series, you can find us at researchminutes.org. To share thoughts on today's episode or to suggest a future topic, follow us on Twitter at CPRI Hub. That's C-P-R-E Hub.